Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and today we are having a second time mood guest. I'm going to be having a current mood combo with my very good friend, Claudia Oshray. Not only is she obviously someone I just needed to get back on the pod, she is releasing her first book. You guys, I'm so excited because whether you are a super fan of Claudia and the Morning Toast, or you're someone who just maybe knows a little bit about her, has heard things, she finally lays it all out in her new book and touches on every subject you could think of, even the ones you think she might stray away from, she does not hold back. As her friend, I'm super, super proud of her and I was excited to get her back on the podcast to have an even deeper conversation and really dive into kind of all of the stuff she discusses in the book. So I'm really excited to have her on for today's current mood convo. We delve into a lot of different moods, emotions for all the way from childhood up to being young adults, crazy, crazy stuff, you guys. So stay tuned for that. But first, let's jump into this week's best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood this week was allowing myself to be silly again. I feel like sometimes when there's so many moving parts, there's the holidays and then like me, I was moving and there's just all these things. Sometimes you forget to be silly. You can remember maybe to relax or do something good for you or wind down or take a moment, but it takes a little extra nudge to get silly with it. You know what I mean? And I just felt like I had fun while I was doing the things I needed to do this week. And It's such a little thing you forget to do sometimes and it makes worlds of a difference because even if you're doing something that's frustrating or annoying or maybe you don't feel like doing or you're just doing something that's totally normal, mundane, like eating dinner or watching TV, just making it more fun, just enjoying it, just laughing more, just being silly. I found myself laughing so hard with my brother all throughout the week, just fully cracking up 24-7. I was filming YouTube videos this week and was just found myself laughing so hard and then editing them and laughing even harder. Even my mom watched one of my recent videos and she was just like, I haven't seen you just look like you're having so fun and laughing and smiling and so long. And not just because of obviously my hell of a 2020, but I think she just meant more so like in general, because sometimes you, you know, you do your job or you work or you have these same relationships for so long and you forget to just kind of have a little extra fun. And so I feel like my best mood this week was just kind of lightening up, not taking everything so seriously, which tends to just put more pressure on yourself and just knowing you have things to do, whether they're mundane, they're big, they're small, and just making them a little bit more fun, at least just enjoying them a little bit more, laughing at yourself a little bit more, just not taking everything so seriously. And that helped me get through a lot of anxiety this week. It helped me make small things just even more fun this week. So that was definitely a best mood for me that I want to try to remember even more. And then my worst mood this week was just, you know, these things come in waves. And I think obviously like it's 2021, but I mean, shit's still happening. And like we said, we had to practice patience, but I think my worst mood was just like these new kind of developments of what I'm going through in the heartbreak stage of you know, being a young woman and just kind of, you know, you think you're a little bit past it and you take a few steps forward and you take a step back and it's, it's hard and you get lonely. And I've just feel like I've been, you know, kind of almost my own worst enemy lately. Whereas usually my anxiety just like hyper fixates on all the things around me and all the people. And it's just been so about myself lately and just really beating myself up. You know, you know how sometimes you're just, 
you're gross and you're nasty and you're the worst and you just have this horrible self-talk with yourself and so I feel like my worst mood of the week was definitely just being super super hard on myself and letting myself just get worked up and anxious or just nasty to myself in my own head about things and just having this kind of you know, new sense of like having to realize when I had to put my phone down because something's making me feel worse or just, you know, beating myself up for the fact that I'm not perfect and doing well every single day. And it's all those things that we know to do and we know are normal, but you know, even though time heals, it's still tough along the way. And so I think my worst mood was just kind of like, as I'm settling in and as the new year is kind of still at the beginning stages, but you know, we're easing into it a little bit, just kind of having those tough moments that you wish you left last year, you wish you left them in the previous year, you wish you were totally on the other side of it. And although I'm over a huge, huge hurdle and a huge, huge hump of it, that still little things come up and it's tough and it's hard and it's not fun. But like I said, in my best mood, at least I can make the small things fun. I don't have to take everything so seriously and you can just breathe. One of this week's sponsors is Amazon Pharmacy. What I love about Amazon Pharmacy is that it saves me time. I'm a very, very forgetful person and I'm always like, oh my God, I need to go pick up my stuff. And Amazon Pharmacy delivers your medication directly to your door. So there's no more waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's super easy. You just have your doctor's office send your next prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy and you can use your insurance. It works with most insurance plans nationwide and Amazon Prime members get free two-day delivery and save on prescription medication when paying without insurance. Everything else that I get pretty much comes through Amazon. I love having things show up to my door. It's so much easier. And something that's always on my to-do list was having to pick up stuff from the pharmacy. And now I don't need to worry about any of that. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not even using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at amazon.com slash laurenrx. That's A-M-A-Z-O-N.com slash laurenrx. Amazon.com slash laurenrx. And start using Amazon Pharmacy. Make your life easier like me. This week's mood boosters are going to be all beauty mood boosters because we did a lot of just classic ones last week and I found myself just kind of doing a little bit of that like beauty self-care, you know what I mean? I was just having such a fabulous night, a pure night of fabulosity and I was on Pinterest and I like I told you guys weeks ago I think that I rearranged on my Pinterest board and I just feel like ever since I started getting back into Pinterest I have just been absolutely just finding so much inspiration there and just like I don't know like figuring out what Pinterest means to me in like the age that I am and because I haven't used it in so long and so I just find myself like getting so inspired and like I started this whole flower pin board and then went to the farmer's market and was making all these flower arrangements. I have a whole pin board of quotes and I just keep finding all of these amazing quotes. I keep making all these like really cute screensavers for my phone. And so I just feel like it's such a good mood booster of vibes, not in a way of like Instagram where you're like comparing yourself to other people or just seeing what other people are doing. It's just really like aesthetically pleasing. It's mood boosting. It's uplifting and you can find stuff for your home. You can find things to do. Like, I don't know. It just, for me, it feels like when I 
kind of start going down a really good Pinterest rabbit hole and I'm just pinning, pinning, pinning away. I just feel so inspired and so uplifted. I get so many ideas and it just is really good to get those like creative girly juices flowing. So I've just been absolutely love using Pinterest as a mood booster, especially if there's that muscle memory of me wanting to pick up my phone. It's such a better app for me to go to because it doesn't stress me out. It makes me feel good, but you know, I'm still addicted to my phone. So obviously flowers were a huge mood booster for me this week. I got this plant. I was feeling like this great energy from this plant. And so I decided to get it. I, it ends up being this like lucky good luck plant. I was like, oh my God, yes, universe. Yes. I was just absolutely obsessed. I haven't had flowers in the house since I moved. And so it was so nice just getting fresh flowers and living and breathing things in the house. I mean, Stella's back in town. My mom's here. So it's just, there's a lot going on in the house now. There's a lot of life. It feels really amazing. It's such a mood booster. I was so excited just to make flower arrangements to prepare for my family to come in town. And then I had a little self-care night. I did like a hair mask and I just really kind of took my time and I braided my hair. I did a hair mask. I watched tube movies. I did a double header. I did a gel manicure, a gel pedicure all at home. And I just love little beauty nights like that. It's just something where I'm not on my phone because obviously I'm either doing my nails or I'm doing something with my hair and I'm just having such a nice time focusing on me, making myself feel the best. Cause you guys know me, I'm obsessed with feeling like clean and showered and all that stuff. I hate feeling grimy and dirty. It's just a total like OCD anxiety thing. And so kind of not just doing a really quick, oh, let me feel my best, really just kind of spoiling yourself, whether it's doing a homemade hair mask or buying yourself a new hair mask, watching TV, doing your nails, whatever it is, it just feels so nice to spend that time with yourself. You feel like you're not lonely because you're doing something for yourself and it just feels like the best cozy night in. So those were such big mood boosters for me this week and it made it staying in and staying at home not feel dreadful and boring because it was just such a little bit of a mood booster so make sure to also treat yourself obviously there's so many important mood boosters and self-care things that have nothing to do with physical appearance or beauty or any of those things but it's almost like these little mini rituals these little mood boosters that really just make you feel like you're treating yourself you're taking care of yourself you're treating yourself like a princess and it is just absolutely pure fabulosity mood booster central So when I moved into the new house, I had this huge box waiting for me and I was so excited. As a pet parent, you know, working from home has given me a lot more time to spend with my four-legged family members, all eight legs now. And I'm just like more aware of their daily needs and health issues and well-beings. I'm kind of a little crazy about it. So if you notice that your pet is itchy or smells, I don't know, less than pleasant, you guys have to check out Scout's Honor. Scout's Honor is now my go-to pet brand for grooming products that help with itch relief, odor control, and overall healthier skin and coat. I'm really loving it because I have been having to keep the dogs super clean because now we have a yard. And oh my God, those paws are going to drive me up a wall. Seriously but I just feel like they're kind of like itchy and there's all these new smells and there's all this new stuff. So like I said, when I moved in, I got this whole new box of stuff and oh my God, it's been life saving for someone who likes the house clean, who likes their dogs clean. And also just, I don't know, I feel like my dogs are getting older. I start freaking out about the itches and the whatever. And oh my God, you guys, you just need all these products. They have such cool ones. They have their Scouts Honor probiotic grooming products and they are scientifically proven natural natural solution for treating your pet's skin problems. So when it's applied to the skin, the probiotics support healthy bacteria and fight against bad bacteria that cause irritation. 
I love all of their fragrances. I use one for each dog. I switch off just honestly, depending on the mood, you know, you know, with every purchase, Scouts Honor provides one day's worth of meals for a rescue animal in need. And with Scouts Honor, your pet will never look, feel, or smell better. Check out Scouts Honor award-winning products today, available online or wherever pet supplies are sold. To receive 20% off your first order, go to scoutshonor.com mood. Remember, that's Scouts with a K at scoutshonor.com mood for 20% off your order. Scouts Honor, natural and preventative grooming solution for pets. All right, guys, now let's jump into my current mood convo with Claudia Oshray. Okay, guys, I am here with Claudia Oshray, who is a return guest. You know, I didn't think I was going to be able to book you, okay? You, well, you know, everyone wants me. You're a big, big star. Big, big star. <laughs> and, I, uh, you know, I, I talk to your people, and most of your people are my people. Are my people, yeah. <laughs> and so when our people reached out and said, Claudia wants to come on to promote her book, I said, Sign me the fuck up. Yes, queen. Okay, so here's the thing. A lot has happened since the last time you've been on the podcast. And I feel as though you writing a book might make you even more prepared to share on your moods in the past that you've written about and currently because now you're like, you've really opened up, you know? No, that's so true. And when I was thinking, like, I'm doing a bunch of press, like, podcasts, and I was thinking, like, when I do mood, like, I actually might cry because I feel like your podcast is very focused on mental health. And so much in the book is, like, things that trigger me. And I cried a lot when I was writing the book. And it's a lot of it is really, really personal stuff that um, I've never really spoken about. So I definitely was thinking, like, I might cry on this podcast. And I think it would be good. I mean, honestly, please do. Like, I need, you know, some some big, big numbers with the big, big star. <laughs> But no, yeah, like I remember the last time you were on, we even talked about therapy and you were like, yeah. no, I don't want to go to therapy. And you have gone since, I think you, you might've stopped if I'm correct. I'm, I'm in the process of like trying out, I'm on like my third therapist and I've heard that it's common to like shop around. I do think I'm being a little particular, um, but I definitely see the value in it. And I've always thought of myself as a person who didn't need it, but I actually think like growing up makes you more like emotional and more, um, just aware of your vulnerabilities and that it's like, okay to not be like the strongest, most amazing person ever. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think I, you know, it's funny because Claudia and I actually have almost the same birthday. Like we were born essentially the same week. And so our, I'm not big into astrology. I know you aren't really either, but Mm -mm. I think it's funny how our sign actually is like really, really accurate to our personalities. Yes. I actually agree. And I'm not, not into astrology. I just think like a lot of the ones in magazines are very, you know, general. Um, but I, I actually do feel very connected to my sign as a cancer. Like it's a very sensitive sign. It's like a person with a very tough exterior and a very soft inside and like people who can dish it, but not take it. And like, that's fucking (laughs) me. But the problem is, is we dish it. And then other people like think we can take it. And then the hard shell pretends like we can, but inside we're like dying. It's a vicious cycle. Literally. And I feel like you've put on this tough exterior, like, online and so I think that people probably their first thought maybe especially if they don't listen to the morning toast every day think oh it's just going to be another influencer book it's just going to be about you know having an Instagram and a podcast and I think you know talking to you and you sharing with the toasters it's like become very clear that that's obviously not really what it is correct yeah I mean I've actually read quite my favorite genre of book is celebrity memoir I think it's so interesting and that was really like the the type of book that I wanted to write with a little bit more of like an earnest side of it 
Um, and I've read a lot of like influencer books, reality star books, podcast books. And there were things about it that I liked. And there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like about it. And I really went out of my way to make sure that my book didn't have those elements that I think a lot of people don't like in the classic influencer book, you know, like this is my story. Like that's, it's really not that type of book. I think there's a lot that people don't know about me, which is crazy. Cause I literally talk on the podcast every single day, Instagram every day. Like I create so much content and I think a lot of people feel like if they follow me, they already know all there is to know, but I'm quite robust. I really am. Oh, I mean, you don't have to tell me. I mean, obviously the weirdest <laughs> thing for me is pr- like, thinking of normal interview questions to ask you right now and then like already knowing the answer um yeah <laughs> I want to be like well speaking of really quick side note what's your favorite uh celebrity book and I like already know you like love Andy Cohen and then you love Jessica yep. Simpson's open book and then you finally read Howard yep. Stern like yep wow we- oh my god yeah you know more about me than I do no a hundred percent because you have amnesia so yes I actually remember things about you and I think what I'm most excited about in the book specifically because it's like you're saying it's like we know these things and I know the the bullet points right of like how you started Mm -hmm. and you know obviously like a lot of people have turned their online Instagram accounts or whatever into a career Mm -hmm. and a business that supports them so I just want to touch on that really quick of like do you think there's anything unique in your story of like how you did that or do you think that that's not really a huge part of your book No, it's a big part of my book just because um, I did successfully turn like a hobby on the internet into like a legitimate business and career. And I think what's unique about the story is that I didn't set out. I mean, I've always wanted to be famous. I've always thought that I was hysterical and that I just needed to be seen by people. And that's very evident in like my childhood, just being a nut job, like singing around the house, putting on talent shows. But I've always... I didn't set out, like, go to college to become famous. Like, I went to college to get a job and and live a a normal life. And I think a lot of the success of my brand is really attributed to just the timeline. I think a lot of people now are very obviously, you know, going on TV shows and starting blogs, like, with the main goal of becoming, you know, rich and famous. And when I started it, it was really just a hobby. I never even occurred to me that it would become successful. And if it did become successful, that I could do it as my job. That never really occurred to me. So I think my... My motivations were actually quite, um, like, authentic and kind of naive. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, at that time, too, there wasn't a lot of people that had been successful at it. So how would, you know, you have anything to aspire to because it wasn't the traditional right. timeline of fame? It was 2013. Like, the bloggers were, like, man repeller. Mm. She's still a blogger, but, like, she was the only one. Yeah. And so then after, obviously, like you started this success, I want to know, because I think of you and Ben as just a unit, right? Like, I don't know you without Ben, which is very upsetting to me just because, like, if I did meet you a couple years before, like, I would have been at the wedding. You know what I mean? So it's personally, personally, extremely upsetting. But what was it like? (laughs) Like, how do you, how do you just know and then like find a guy that's literally you guys were so young like in in the yeah. the climate not the climate but like the the social the standard world. we are in now you guys were so young and you guys just met and fell in love you literally like barely even dated anyone else and now you're fucking married and you've been together for like ever like what no i i, I i'm very aware of how unusual and lucky that i am um and i 
and I talk about it a lot in the book because I have very limited dating experience. Mm. And I don't know if that makes me a dating expert or not an expert because my first first date went so well, right. I married him. You know, I'm that good of a dater. Exactly. But I have very limited experience and I know how unusual it is. And I know that people when I say I got engaged a month after I graduated college, we weren't allowed to get married until then. Mm. Um, people think that's fucking crazy. And and I get it. It is. And it's not like we're, you know, super religious or we had this reason for doing it. It was just that we loved each other, which is so unique. And I'm very, very, very lucky. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to rub it in. I know. I mean, trust me, Ben and I have our own issues with him making me cry. Yeah, you do. But, <laughs> but do you think that it does have something to do with like, cause I know you talk about your childhood in the book and I think that like your, like your sisters are like a great representation of just like love and like marriage. And like, you guys don't really have that kind of influencer side of yes. You guys like to get crazy and like party and stuff. Like we've been to mm-hmm. Vegas, we've done the thing, but you guys have like right. a really similar dating experience of like only dating to meet your husbands and three yeah. out of four are married. So is that something to do with your upbringing then? Well, we're children of divorce. Our parents got divorced when I was in the eighth grade. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I think it has a lot to do with culturally. We were brought up, you know, religious, Orthodox, Jewish, not crazy religious, but somewhere on the brink between conservative and Orthodox. And, you know, marriage and family is like such a cornerstone of that. And I love that I grew up with those values because I love being married and I, and dating is fun. It is. But, um, being married is more fun, I think. I mean, it looks like a fucking blast, not going to lie. Well, with Ben, it's so... I don't know if everyone's marriage is fun, but with Ben, he's literally the funnest person to be married to. Like, he will lift you up. He will make you laugh. He will make you dinner. Like, he's literally, like, iconic husband number one. Like, honestly, it's truly OTP. Like, it's just... Thank you. It's it's too much for me to handle. And I do want (laughs) to touch on... (laughs) I do want to touch on your childhood a little bit because, like, I think the older you get the more you realize that your childhood actually shapes who you are. And I find it interesting that like people almost don't want to deal with it because they've gotten through it in a sense. And I Mm -hmm. think that when you when personally, I always felt that if I dealt with it, it was going to change me or shape me even more than it already has. And obviously through therapy, I've realized that that's not the case. I can actually make choices in real time. But do you feel like, you know, there's so much that's gone on in your childhood that especially people don't know. And now that you've gotten to this point where you are married and you are successful, do you, are you realizing that more as an adult woman that's super successful? How do you even have time to kind of go through and realize those triggers and experiences? Yeah. I mean, writing the book is when like around the same time that I started doing therapy, which I think was great for the book. Um, and you obviously realize so many of the things that happened to you in your childhood affect your adult decisions. There's no way around it. I mean, I grew up in a, a, uh, my parents were divorced and then one year later, maybe even less than a year later, my dad just dropped dead, like out of nowhere, not sick, just peace the fuck out by girls. And I think it's no wonder I got married so early because I really craved that stability in my, in my house. And, and I had a wonderful childhood. Like I, I was raised by a single mom and she was so, you know, influential in our lives but no matter how great your mom is your dad is dead you miss your dad like and so I think getting married early was definitely me wanting to build the family that I thought you know was missing in a way not not the family but the piece that was missing which was my dad yeah and I think that a lot of times like you know you kind of go 
either extreme polar opposite or extremely similar to your upbringing. And I think for, for me personally, I'm like, okay, how do I find this like middle ground? Because you look at two people like us that were raised by strong single mothers and Mm -hmm. we're like, you know, these people that really went out and did it for ourselves. And so it's like, and we are self-sufficient we are not financially dependent. It's an amazing feeling. I totally agree with that. Like the parallels are there. And so it's like, you're like, wait, I want to fill this gap in this piece, but also like I turned out so great. So how do I find the happy medium? That's what I think all the time, at least. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. Like you can't deny, you know, both of us brought up by single moms, which is not an easy thing to do. I have so much respect for single moms, parents, dads. Um, And I think that in the end, you know, a lot of kids who are raised by single parents are incredibly independent. And Ben... Ben grew up in like the the dream household. You know, his parents have been married for 35 years. They're adorable. They're so in love. They're the most kind people. And honestly, I think Ben's a little codependent. And I think maybe it's because (laughs) his parents are so perfect. Like, you know, his mom helps him make, you know, doctor's appointments still. And he's fucking 28. Like that could be just like Jewish mothers being very um, involved. I think it's a, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just think it gives you this resilience and this thirst to just, like, better yourself and and be completely on your own, which I don't think is a bad way to go about life. Yeah, so it's like when, you know, we want to fill these pieces of having, creating the family with the piece that we didn't have. It's like we still, you know, want to instill that because we've, you know, we respect our mothers and we've seen what it done it's yeah. done for us. And, of course, it's like you grow up and you're like, oh, my God, I'm missing this piece. And then you finally get to this point where you're like, wait, mom, I'm an adult now. And, I like, holy shit, like, thank you so much. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you do it. I mean, for me, it's like my no, two you others. you start paying bills yeah. for just yourself. And you're like. And then you think, oh, my God, someone did this for four of us. Yeah. And my younger two are 10 years younger and I'm like oh bitch like you're still doing this like you still have high school kids and I'm like I it's the best birth control when my family comes in town because it's like (laughs) you have little Kayler who's like so cute and so sweet I have an 18 and a 16 year old coming to town that are my siblings and I'm like I don't want you like I want I want little Kayler you know what I mean yeah of course but I don't want a piece I don't want her I don't want her to grow up And so I know we're talking a lot about our moms and I feel like since we're on the topic, people are probably going to ask. And I know that your mom has brought in, which I'm sure is a big part of your book. It's like brought in this kind of almost controversial and let's say risque side and scandal Mm -hmm. into your life. But at the same time, like it is your mom who, you know, we just have been singing praises for. So how did you kind of, you know, I know how you've approached it on social media, obviously it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we don't really see photos with your mom. We don't see that we kind don't of stuff. It. We don't address it. How did you kind of deal with that in the book since it is it is such an open book and you talk about your childhood and all these things and your mom is such a big figure in your life? Yeah. I think that's the part of the book that, one, made me want to write the book the most. Two, I think a lot of people will be picking up, curious to hear me, you know, kind of address it for the first time. For those who maybe don't even know, my mom is very politically active and she's incredibly conservative, which does you know make things difficult for me like in this in this climate and a lot of people especially when it was like first kind of announced who my mom was a lot of people look to me to sort of publicly denounce her and yeah like speak ill of her and her views and I 
I've never really publicly addressed it because it's so hard for me to talk about. Like, it's so personal. Like, we just sat here, like, literally, I was raised by a single mom. I, I have so much respect for my mom. And in the book, I really discuss kind of the reasoning why. And, and after getting to know me in the book, you might understand me more. Uh, some people just can't understand why I won't speak out against my mom. And maybe if you read the book, you'll understand it more and understand what led me to that decision. And as the type of person that I am, the way that I was raised, what my values are, why I won't do that. And it's hard for people to understand and people hate me because of it. They've stopped listening to my podcast because of it. And that's okay because I would rather be able to live with myself than have more podcast listeners. And that's what it's come down to. I mean, especially considering, you know, thirsting your way to the top, it's like, you could have thirsted even harder and like you drew the line yeah. right there. Right. Like that's the thing. It's like everyone knows how thirsty I am. I love the modicum of fame that I have. Like, and this is really presented a challenge for me in terms of growing my business. And it's an easy thing to fix. I can go on, make a video and say, I think my mom's a piece of shit. I would never fucking do that ever. I was raised in a house that really respected family values we respected our parents. It's the cornerstone of the Jewish Torah, like honor thy mother and thy father. It's literally the first fucking amendment. Like I would, ne I just would never do that. And I understand some people don't agree with that. And you know what? That's amazing. We live in a free country where people don't agree and I'm okay with that. I really am. Yeah. But I'm hoping the book can maybe help you understand why I made that decision. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I feel like that's something I personally as your friend, look forward to for other people reading it, because if I was in your position, I would do the same thing. Like I'm in, you know, there's a lot of people that I'm sure don't have public status and public figure mm -hmm. that disagree with their family members, but they don't 100%. have to. It's a, I mean, it's, I think everyone can agree. Like it's certainly a generational divide going on in the country right now. So yeah. it's not an uncommon thing at all. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a lot of people don't have millions of followers and have to disown their family members because of mm -hmm. their social status. And I think, you know, I, I think it's an easy thing to sit behind a computer and type like, why won't you speak out about this? And at the end of the day, right. it's like you have, you know, one living parent left that is yeah, has it's, raised it's you a no to be for an me, incredible Lauren. person. And yeah, I mean, I I, ju I completely understand it and I respect it. And so for me, I'm someone who's really excited for people to hear that side of your story. And it is your story. You know, it's like you're not speaking yeah. for any other family members. And I know that you mentioned that was hard for you to do with Jackie yes. because you guys are so close. And like, do you feel like Jackie is like the biggest character in the book? Like second to like who in the like who in the lineup? You know what I mean? Well, I'm the star. Obviously. And honestly, the second main character is my career. It's this fluid thing that's brought me incredible highs, like the most unbelievable experiences that I talk about in the book, like meeting some of the most famous people in the world, stories I've never told, and then also literally being responsible for some of like the most earth-shattering mental health career lows of all time. Mm. Quick break to talk to you guys about feels. Oh my God, I'm so obsessed with this, you guys. Do you guys experience stress or anxiety, chronic pain, have trouble sleeping at least once a week? You are not alone. Many of us do. I mean, personally, I literally deal with all of those things. And for me, I love having CBD as an option. It seriously is my saving grace. I have searched high and low for anything that would help, and then I discovered Feels. Feels is a premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. 
I have to say their packaging is also so freaking cute. Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. I obviously get anxiety throughout the day, but I don't want to get knocked out. So I'll take a little bit of their CBD throughout the day if I need it. And then if I'm having a really hard time sleeping, I will take a little bit more of my dropper. It's super easy to take. You literally just place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is really important because everyone's is so different. So you can leave room to experiment over a course of a week or so. And you may just need to take more or less to get the effects you're after. They have real human support. So if you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help you guide your personal experience. And Feels works naturally to help make you feel better. There's no high, no hangover, no addiction. You can join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Feels has me feeling my best every single day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash mood and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash mood to become a member and to get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash mood. Back to the podcast. I mean, how did you like deal with, because, you know, even the last time we talked, it was like you didn't, hadn't even gone to therapy yet. So it's like, how did you protect your mental health while you are rising to fame in like this crazy world that we the live thing in is I never even thought of my mental health as something that I needed to protect I've always been very protective of my image and always very protective of my career I've never considered like my brain was something that needed to be taken care of and I grew and I talk about this a lot in the book the way that I was when I was a teenager I was very rigid like I wasn't an emotional person I was kind of mean I made bad jokes I had bad judgment I just wanted attention and I did not care how I got it like I just wanted attention and I think through writing the book I realized how much I've changed from that person um but when I was starting my career like I didn't even think that anything could affect me and it didn't and it wasn't until like I saw in 2018 when I got like epically canceled it wasn't until I saw that that I realized like oh my mental health could definitely be affected by this and mm-hmm. I've been like rebuilding it ever since then and I'm like I'm not even close to being there yet yeah but it, you know it's like a it's a huge huge long process and it's a huge journey and I think that like you know I always say it's the small things you do and I feel like even dating therapists, which I call Mm -hmm. it because you have to shop around is like a solid step. And like, even just kind of getting your story out there probably feels like this, like weight off your chest. I feel like I'm literally having burning diarrhea. Like I've just been holding on to this because there have been so many things written about me and my family that I, my, my strategy has always really been to just not address it. Maybe part of me thought it would go away, but part of me just was not ready to talk about it. Like it's so personal for me like if you know me personally you know that like the only things I care about in this world are my family like it's literally all I care about so to have that be put in the court of public opinion is very difficult for me because I just want everyone to like me but I can't do the one thing that they want me to do which is speak out against my family I just can't do it And that's been very challenging for me and what's also been really challenging for me that I realized in the book I I was never able to put into words why I think my mental health was so fucked up after 2018 and writing the book, I realized that like I have been obsessed with being well-liked. I'm an Enneagram one. It's like the cornerstone of who I am. Like 
I'm a people pleaser. I just want to be well-liked. I want to be respected. I want people to think I'm funny and smart. Like I only want people to think good things about me, which is an insane expectation, but it is how I feel. And in, when I woke up on February 28th, you know, 2018 and everything kind of changed, I overnight became a polarizing figure. Like I'm sure there are going to be some of your listeners who are upset that you're having me on. My presence is controversial. Like I am now radioactive in a lot of circles. And like that fucking broke me inside because it's the antithesis of everything I've always wanted to be, which is like loved by everyone. Yeah. But I feel like, have you at least started shedding some of those layers because like you know I think that even if you aren't an anagram one or whatever you when you go on social media like your kind of goal at some point becomes to be well liked it's a part of our jobs and so have you at least started shedding some of those layers and just been because you're so self-aware but have you gained that enough the self-awareness to then you know where it needs to stop and because the self-awareness can sometimes turn into self-criticism yeah and it's like my self-awareness keeps me up at night, but yeah, me too. you have to, at some point, accept who you are and be confident. Like you said, like, I'd rather have those listeners not come to the podcast. Yeah. So like you've clearly built way more resilience than I think you give yourself credit for. And I think obviously, oh, I could really fucking therapize you right now. Please do. I could use it for free. I just think that there's probably a lot of guilt and grief or shame or whatever that's built up inside you shame that that, yeah that kind of doesn't let you also accept the wins and the love and all the stuff that you actually have built percent I have been able to move forward from like my big cancellation in 2018 um in terms of my business right but emotionally I have not and that has everything to do with like the shame that I feel I feel like a lot of people or assholes when they're kids. Like they make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, especially children. But most people, you know, they grow up, they evolve and they move on from that. And they don't really think about it all the time. But I feel like a lot of days because of my work and just like a criticism and online bullies, like I feel like I'm confronted with like the person I used to be all the time. And I hate the person I used to be. Like I cannot say that enough times. Like I was just so out of touch and had such fucked up priorities. That's the thing I can't let go of. And I think if I ever were to be able to successfully let go of the shame, like I would be in the most amazing mental health paradise. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but you literally can. And (laughs) as your friend, I, you know, I always make it my mission. So it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like you, it's, it's crazy because if you were just, you know, if we were just two friends talking, it would be such like an easy fix, but then you add like that Mm -hmm. public layer and it's hard. And I mean, like you even, you know, it's even not even that in internal shame and all that stuff. It's also like that outer stuff of like having to feel pretty and feel beautiful and look good enough. And I know that that's a big chapter in your book too. And like, Mm -hmm. have you found the self love and acceptance there as well? Like, do you feel like you're on the same path with that? Yes, I wish that I had the same inner confidence that I do outer. Like, Mm. I think, and why I think a lot of people relate to my content is, like, I'm very body positive, and I have a ton of confidence when it comes to the way that I look. Like, and I always have. I've always struggled with my weight, but I've always felt like I'm stunning at 
any size. Like, and, and I've, and my weight has never affected my, my personal life or my ability to like have a full life. And I feel really proud of the confidence that I've worked since I was like young girl. I'm really proud of the confidence that I built when it comes to physical appearances, which in our line of work is, it's really important to have that security. Like I feel really good about that. I mean, it's just, it's so impressive to me because even just as a woman, it's fucking hard, whether you're on Instagram or not as a public figure, we all still have access to Instagram. And it's like this constant cycle of compare and despair, compare and despair. And it's like, even girls that are absolutely stunning and gorgeous, like you, like my other friends, it's like you, I still see them on Instagram being like, Oh, like da da da. And it's just like, when does it stop? And it's like, it's so impressive that like you have, throughout every single thing, like at least had that confidence. Like I know Mm -hmm. it's not inner and I know inner is so much more important, but our outer can affect our inner so much. I agree. I totally agree. I think honestly, a lot of my confidence when it comes to um, my body is like being in such a healthy relationship with Ben. Like Mm. he, to me, like Ben is the most eligible bachelor in New York. Like I can't imagine who he, he's funny. He's Jewish. He's like, he's a great cook. He's so kind. He's very loyal. Like to me, I'm like, who wouldn't want to be with Ben? And Ben chose to be with me. And Ben thinks I'm beautiful. And Ben lifts me up. And I'm like, oh my God, I am fucking beautiful. Look at Ben. Like he's so eligible. He chose me. Like I must be amazing. In bed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, like when you say that, it actually does make sense, though, because I feel like there is a lot of relationship insecurity and like wanting to like please your partner and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that it's normal in a good way, but it's like fucking normal. And I think even it's very common for a majority of my my previous relationship, I never felt good enough. And part of it was Mm. me and part of it was, you know, outside things and feeling supported. Yeah. And I think that when you say that, it's like as much as it's not like, listen, I know it's like, oh, don't get confidence from a guy. But like, no, like that is so important as like a foundation in any Mm -hmm. relationship. And I think that as women, we know that it's like up to us, quote unquote, to put on makeup, to work out, to do these things. And it's like our partners should be a huge source of like lifting up and supportive and not just yep. in like what you want to do, but like your physical appearance. Cause I mean, yep. I, what did I say to you? Like two months ago, I was like, I just want to feel like someone fucking adores me and mm-hmm. accepts me as I am. And that fucking yep. goes to how you look as well. A hundred percent. There's nothing better for both your inner and outer confidence than being in love with someone in the most healthy way. Like they love all parts of you. They accept you for your flaws, for your past, for your mistakes, for the good parts, for the bad parts that will do wonders for your confidence. It really, really will. And in no way am I saying that you need to rely on a partner for your confidence because confidence comes from within. And I remember, and I wrote about it in my book. Like I remember the day as like a third grader that I decided to be confident and I've been confident ever since then like I just made the decision but external forces external factors like having a healthy partner being in a healthy relationship can 100% be beneficial to the way you feel about yourself and it but it shouldn't be the thing it's contingent on right it's like a foundational mood booster ladies yes it's like don't settle don't settle it's so important and then lastly the most important relationship in my eyes well they're also fucking important Theo I honestly was like, as I said that, I was like, I should probably say Theo, but I'm sorry, Theo. No, because I, I, so okay. I can't talk about Theo because Nugget will get jealous. Um, which, by yeah. the way, I just want like everyone to know that like as much as like the Austria sisters 
love their dogs like you think they're like dog people they came all three of them well three out of four came to my home and we're like literally like what is that to nugget and i'm like it's okay, a french bulldog that's not what we said. Your dogs were being insane, <laughs> barking like fucking nut jobs, and we didn't we didn't say that. We just you said, only like, like Cavaliers. Out. You only like Cavaliers. That's true. We're really not dog people. We're Cavalier people. That's very true. Oh no, I know. I've seen the evidence. Um, I was like so excited, especially Jackie and Margot. I mean, especially Jackie. I, I'd say Margot's yeah. a little more open because you know she's she's the youngest. She's she's open to it all. So let's talk about the sisters 100%. really quick. I want to know how they each play a role in the book. Like, do you think it's like they're just all consistent throughout? Does is it like one maybe is like a bigger force of inspiration at each time in your life? Well, yeah. I mean, Jackie obviously is there for so much of it because we work together. Um, when I when we started our podcast, it was a part of a Verizon network. It was owned by Verizon. Olivia was hired by mm. Verizon as our producer. So it was a real like family affair. And I just think like the concept of family is such a thread throughout the book because at any time in my life, whether I've been experiencing a high or experiencing a low, they're always at the center of it. So I wouldn't say one sister plays a part more than any. I think maybe just in terms of like actual times they were mentioned, Jackie's probably mentioned the most because we work so closely together for the longest time. Do you do like a description of like each sister? You're like, this yes. is this, this is this. You do? Yes, of course. I oh need to God. get people background. I had to write the book for obviously the people who know me. and But I also, you know, I'm a businesswoman. Like I want people to pick up this book who've never heard of me. Or maybe people pick up this book who are like, yeah, I read about that racist bitch online. Like what does she have to say? Like I, I want to use this book obviously for the people who follow me and love me to know more about me, but also in a way I feel like it's my side of the story finally being spoken. And I'm, ho I'm hoping that it'll, you know, resonate with people in that way. I mean, at the end of the day, you can never have everyone like you, but I feel as yeah. though I commend you for doing this and opening up about it and you know, getting not just obviously a book deal, but taking the book deal and deciding to do this with it. And I think that yeah. it's courageous and I think that it's probably scary. And I, I'm i just really excited for it to be on stands. I mean, first of all, the photo is incredible. There's going to be people like lining up to see you in that bathtub. When you put your hair on that fucking bun and sent me that picture, like, I don't know, a year ago, I was like, Did, yeah. are you wearing a bun? I don't wear my hair up like I in public, like obviously when I'm laying around the house, I have a ponytail, but I will not leave the house with my hair up. Like I suffer from a very serious illness called fat face disease and it's really chronic. Like it's really, really, it's also contagious. So stay away from me. Oh, um, okay. So I always use my hair at my hair feels like a protection in a way. I think a lot of people feel that way. Like your, it frames your face. Like it feels mm -hmm. like a layer of security. And when they sent over the concepts for, the book I'm like yeah that'd be fabulous I'll put my hair in curls and like I'll have it like leaning over the bathtub and then they were like you want to try a couple shots with your hair up and at the end of the day I had final decision on what would make the cover so I could nix it if I wanted to so I'm like sure and my hairstylist Renee like did this little bun and I was looking on my selfie camera and I was like really fucking feeling it and it actually turned out amazing I just can't believe like I'm a first-time author this book is like literally everything that's important to me is in this book and my hair is up. Like, it's fucking crazy. It's literally fucking insane. Like, your hair is in a bun. I'm glad bun. you understand. No, I, I completely, like, I was, it, I was in full shock. Like, nothing shocked me more about this book than the fucking bun. Okay? And, like, that's no, what I need to Lauren, make very clear. You, me. <laughs> shocked. 
literally shook to the motherfucking core. Okay, I'm going to let you go because I know you're a big, big time author. You're not just a big, big star anymore. You're a big time author. You're a big wig. Thank you so much. Everyone can order my book at www.girlwithnojob.com. The audio, ebook, and hardcover versions are all available for pre-order um, from Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can shop local. You can shop big, Audible, anywhere, Canada. I have all the links for you guys at girlwithnojob.com slash book. Thank you so much for the support. I would really appreciate uh, you hearing my story. And Wait, what date does your book come hair out? Hair in a bun. January 26th. So pre-order available, girlsinajob.com slash book. And if you buy the hardcover version, there's an insert with 20 photos, pictures of my family and career highlights that I reference in the book. What'd you say? Show it to me. Can I see it? Oh, yeah. You want to see? Okay. One sec. Let's get my reaction. Oh, my God. That's what it looks like. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, you guys like, okay. When you describe this, I think you need to redescribe this on the podcast because I was thinking of like a bookmark that like came in like an insert as in like it comes oh, out you're right insert is not the right word like I was thinking of like a bookmark like you guys this is like pages oh shit you're totally right it is not a fucking insert yeah that's why I was like let me see it oh my god it's so cute your cover your copy uh your digital copy you got but your hardcover copy should be coming in the mail soon and you can see the pics Okay, I'm so excited, you guys. This book is the book of 2021. Make sure you go listen to The Morning Toast as well because they are. she's giving away all these little secret giveaways, clues, talking about the photo yes, inserts. Yes, I am. I'm giving away 100 copies with Goodreads. Go check it out. Ooh, I'm so motherfucking excited. You are an inspirational queen. I adore you. I love you. And I cannot I wait more. to read the book. 